Being a real estate agent can be demanding. Being a mom, now that's even more challenging. Now being a mom in real estate, now that is hard. Moms in Real Estate Live. My name is Angela Fazio. I'm your host today. And before we get started, I want to thank uh, Diane Gertis and April Chadwick of The Mortgage Advantage. They are the sponsors of the show. And, um, I, and I just want to say thank you so much for um, helping us to keep this going every week. So let me introduce our guest today. I'm super excited. We're talking about um, goal setting today, but even more interesting than that, um, we have some great topics. You guys have more in common than you know which is really exciting, so I can't wait to get into it. Um, first, this is Kristen LeVanway. She's been in the business for 13 years, yes. right? And does about six, almost six million this week, yes, right? Yes, yes. That's awesome. I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> you should be excited. And then I've got Jessica Noble, who's been in the business 22 years. 22 years. And does about four, four million, about, million. Yep. in production. That's awesome. So I've got two great producers to my right, and we're going to be talking about, it's Getting to the end of the year, it's important to start thinking about goal setting, although I think that's the stupidest thing that we wait till the end of the year to make goals. So I don't do that. I make goals all the time, but a lot of people do it as a tradition at the end of the year. So let's talk about that. But before we do that, let's hear about your kids. Kristen, get, get us started. All right. Well, I have four boys. Um, the oldest are twins. They're 27. Connor is uh, lives in Colorado. He is a diesel mechanic. He's super sick. He has like the best job. He makes a ton of money setting up for concerts and events and all that kind of stuff. And he's like a party guy, so it's a great job for him. And then his twin brother is an engineer. He's a little more of the geek side conservative and then my middle is um okay he's a semi-professional soccer player <laughs> try to try awesome. to find his way and then my youngest is an emt and he is uh the only homeowner of the group who bought himself a home for his 21st oh, birthday one. yeah <laughs> that's that's so they're just they're awesome boys awesome boys yeah four boys i i tell you i i have boys and girls and sorry danielle <laughs> I really like boys, they're easier. <laughs> now that she's all grown, I love her so much. <laughs> but yeah, boys are, boys are great. Yeah, they're a lot, lot of fun. fun. They are. I guess it's because, I think I feel that way because I'm not, I was never a girly girl. Mm -hmm. And so um, Danielle is my stepdaughter, so I didn't, her mom did a lot of the girly stuff because she's really girly. And now I have a daughter, Ari, who loves girly stuff. And so I'm, I'm doing braids and painting nails. So I'm expanding it's my fun. I'm expanding I've, I've heard about those things. <laughs> <laughs> it's overrated. No, it's it's totally overrated. <laughs> Jessica, tell us about your children. Um, I have three. I also have twins. Yeah. They're my oldest um, boys, uh, Austin and Zachary. And Austin actually just finished real estate school, so I'm super excited to get him in the business. Uh, he's very passionate. He's got a. He's definitely a salesman. He's that kid could sell ice to Eskimos. I mean, he's just really good at it. Uh, my son, Zach, works for American Furniture Warehouse. He's a big, tough delivery guy, so makes really good money. I had no idea. Um, but he's my, he's my softy guy. He's my educator, my, you know, he loves, his friends love him because he's just so sweet and yeah. he's a good listener, so. And then there's my daughter, Madison. She's 20, and she, uh, she's my spitfire. She's my independent. I think she's been independent since she was three. So, um, 
the the girly stuff was a little overrated for her too. So oh. she was uh, the she's my she's very passionate about animals. She's musically inclined. She's a beautiful singer. So wow, that's yes. fun. Yeah, she's a beautiful girl. So yeah, but definitely independent and. I love that. So I do too. I really, I really value fostering independent children. Yes. I think that's an important thing to do so that they don't lose their way when they're right. out there. On their you own. do that too, though. You guys yeah. are not going to believe how much you have in common. So <laughs> we, didn't, we did not plan this at all. We just picked, we had uh, Kristen Cantrell picked because of goal setting. But wait till you see the parallels. It's really oh, wow. exciting. Well, the whole twins thing. That's right. Yeah. That's where it started. That's where it Yeah. And that's value awesome. and independence mm -hmm. and things of that nature. So we'll keep going. Yes. Awesome. Um, first of all, let's get some background because I think the background is really important to um, lay the foundation of why some you do some of the things that you do, etc. And they're both very interesting. I will tell you that um, both of you have experienced great hardship. Mm -hmm. Right. So take us through a little bit of your history, maybe why you got into real estate, uh, weave that in there. Um, Kristen, tell us about it. Okay. Um, my background is in engineering. I have an engineering degree and I worked in the field for about 14 years. Uh, but when my youngest was born, it was just too hard. I was traveling overseas and <clears throat> it was just too hard. So I took, I took a time off uh, uh, from working. I just had my own little business and did that, but just much more low key. Uh, and then in 2005, because everybody was investing in real estate in 2005, I got my real estate license and my husband and I could do some investing, but instead we got a divorce. <laughs> so I am seven years out of engineering. I have this newly minted uh, engineering degree and I am embarrassed to tell people that I am a real estate agent. So it was a great start mm. to my real estate career. And I'm being very, uh, very cynical. I mean, it's yeah. it, was, it, was, it was a cynical time. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, so that's how I got into the business. And uh, the first couple years, I was just stumbling along. But then, you know, I, I reached a point where I had to really sit down with myself and say, is this what I'm going to do or should I go back to engineering? And I made a very intentional choice to stay in real estate and really hunker down and tell people I had a real estate license, you know, I'm a real estate agent, I can help you buy and sell houses. And so um, things started to turn around, but but it was bad, you know, it was so hard then, and, and I ended up losing my home, and, and I'm a single mom with four boys, and mm. no home, and $150 for my name, and you know, no air conditioning in my car, I mean, it was like really a struggle. But I think because I had put the work in, and I'd set these goals, I mean, like one summer, my goal was to get the air conditioning in my car, you know? Um, it just slowly started to get better and better. So, you know, it's it, I, I sit now and I look at where I am now compared to where I was in 2010. I was like, okay, things are looking a lot better now. And we're going to get back to the role that goal, goal setting played in your progress and 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 your intention and all of that. We're going to get back to that, so don't forget. Okay. All right, let's hear some background. This is kind of uncanny. I know. Um, I went through a divorce in 2005 as well. Um, however, I had started back in 1996. I was actually in escrow. I started off in escrow in this industry. And I was an escrow officer for 12 and a half years. And then, of course, I was at the top of my game when the market crashed. So I was one of the first set of people to go. So I was laid off in late 2007. As a matter of fact, I just celebrated the anniversary of my layoff, which at the, at the time seemed really horrible. But looking back, there's been so many beautiful things that have come out of it, hence the reason I'm here today. Um, but 
much like you, uh, 2007, November 6th, I was laid off. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got Thanksgiving coming up, I've got Christmas, what am I gonna do? Single mom, three kids, oh, okay. Um, I struggled to get back into escrow, but of course, nobody wanted to hire me because I was making too much money, and so... Uh, and you I, were like, hey, just hire me, I, I was care. just, I will, will take anything, I'll be an assistant, I'll work, you know, I'll, I'll do grunt work, I don't care, I just need a job. And nobody would hire me, so I was like, okay, because they're like, oh, you're going to leave us when, you, you, when the market finally comes back, and I was like, no, I swear. Um, and at the time, I didn't have my four-year degree, so I missed out on some other opportunities that I could have had I had my four-year degree, but I was in escrow for 12 and a half years. I didn't mm -hmm. think I needed my degree. So I actually went back to school. Um, much like you, I lost everything, my house, my car. I lived in my grandparents' basement with my three kids, um, which was a very humbling but beautiful, another beautiful experience that came out of this horrible you know, situation. Um, and went back to school, found a past client who was looking to hire an assistant. He put me through real estate school and that began my journey on this side of things. And I love it so much better. I mean, like you, my family is like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You're getting back into real estate at this time. And I was like, yeah, but if I can make it work now, imagine what I can do when the market comes back. That's right. And so that's kind of how I started my journey and, and getting back to, yeah, setting those goals on. Mm -hmm. I just need to, I, I need to make a paycheck. That was that was my goal, just to get a paycheck, right? Get a job. So, right. I think it's remarkable. We we hear it over and over. I talk to women every week that have these really hard things that happen in their life, and I know that that eventually will happen to all of us in one way or another. That's just life. But I I also love the, and this is in my these are my words, and this is what God did with that tragedy. Yeah. He turned it into something beautiful or made me a better person because now I have a, an appreciation or humility that I didn't have before, or whatever that story is. And both of you really communicated that to me of how, yeah, that was really bad. But you told me the beautiful story about how you sit down with your boys and explain this is the situation and how mm -hmm. we're going to work together. You know, some people would never do that with their kids, and I'll let you tell that. But, but I think that that was healthy and maybe made them stronger men as they grew up. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. I'm going to do this because it might rain. Oh, sorry. Um, well, I, the way I raised my kids is the independence thing is a big deal, mm -hmm. especially when there's one of me and four of them. They need to be independent and they need to be able to you know, take care of themselves. And so that's why I always raise them. And, and so when things started to go bad, you know, they got involved. I mean, they knew what was happening. We, um, we, you know, we, I bought the house when, when we got the divorce, 2006, June of 2006, <laughs> such a great time to buy a house. Perfect time. <laughs> and and uh, so, you know, it was obvious that, that things were going bad. And, and so I started to get them involved and say, listen, we can make some sacrifices here as a family and try to save our home. And the home meant a lot. It was, right. you know, it was our sort Security. of, yeah, from the divorce and things. So we all decided together, they, they said we would give up you know, video games or whatever. They would do whatever to save the house. And so they were part of the process. So it was really hard. I mean, it's hard when someone knocks on your door and says, get out. Get out. Mm -hmm. and, but at least they knew it was coming. You know, they kind of knew it was coming. And I would say, you know, it looks like maybe we're going to save the house. And, you know, it went on for like a year, all that crazy loan modification mm -hmm. business. And so all of that was, it was really, really hard. And I have a great deal of empathy for all the thousands of people that went through it just like I did. 
So, um, so that helped a lot. And, and, uh, and, and the, the plus side of that is now they, all, they make their own choices. I support them. You know, when they want to do things, I support them. I don't say, well, you have to do it this way or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so they've become these amazing men yeah. doing all of these different things. They're, like, so different, all of them. Which is very cool. I, I it, that really resonated with me when we were speaking, and as you speak now, because um, one of the other things that just occurred to me is through all of that, you're teaching these young men to communicate, mm -hmm. and we all know sometimes communication is a little difficult, you know, for everybody, and but yet even for men to have that response, you know, that response with you or that conversation and that honesty and and, and participating in life. I think that I just thought that was such a great thing that you did. Some people would say, "No, you're just you're guilting them." No, that's not it. You aren't making them feel yeah. like they have too much responsibility. You are making them understand that the truth is is this is our family situation, and we all need to come together and do our part. It was more like, "What <clears throat> what should we do? What should we as a family do? What should our decision be as a family?" Yeah, that's good. I love that. I love that. Um, so let's not get off track. That, that would be my fault since I'm the host. Um, okay. Oh, let's get back to goal setting because that is the topic. And I'm always interested to hear, you know, why, why people, some people are really committed to goal setting and why some people just refuse to do it. It makes no sense to me. I had to have zero goals, right? Just to go through life hoping that life happens the way that you wish it to happen. When in fact goal setting can put you on a trajectory a path or a trajectory and lead you to where you want to be so tell us about how you even started goal setting in the first place and how you pulled that into real estate okay so um, after everything that happened um, I'm sitting in my grandparents basement and I'm thinking okay I, I've got to get myself out of this I've you know, got the job and everything I went back to school so I'm working full-time and um, going to school full-time so in order for me to stay focused, I had to have some. Now, for the first couple of years, I'll admit, when I made it the switch to this side of it, I kind of floundered and I was just working to survive. Um, but what was embarrassing, one time I had a broker ask me, well, what's your, what's your sales volume? And I was embarrassed to say I, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I wasn't keeping track, I was just working to survive. I had to put food on the table, I had to get out of my grandparents' basement, so I'm like, I, I, gotta, I gotta figure <clears> out how to do this, so I was just working. So at that moment, I was like, oh, man, I got to start keeping track. Yeah. So um, I started keeping track of the sales I was making. And in that following year, um, I had already read, you know, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, Gary Keller's book and everything. And I had taken some pieces from, from some other, you know, great people and put it all together and built myself a business plan. You know, because they always tell you, you have to have a business plan. Mm -hmm. And one of the classes I was taking at the time was, you know, a leadership class that talked about, if you're going to be a leader and you're going to be in your industry, you need to have a plan and something to you know to keep track of how you are improving and all that kind of stuff, so that when you move on to the next level, you know how you got there and then how to continue that that path. So that's exactly what I did. I started putting together a business plan every year, um, and like you said, I don't just do it at one time of the year. I look at it. This is where I focus. You know, I plan for 2019, but throughout the year, quarterly. Sometimes my goals change. Sometimes I shift a little bit. You know, I got to put more emphasis on this or less emphasis on this, and I'm spending too much time here. So it changes quarterly. You know, sometimes. Um, and so that's how. You know, in the last few years, I've been able to really increase my business and really focus in on 
what I need to do, what I really need to do to continue to survive and to continue to be more successful in this industry and to lead others to be successful too. Because, you know, that's kind of one of my gift backs is that, you know, this industry gave to me in a time when I was, you know, mm, was destitute so and scared and, you know, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So now, and there were people in this industry that helped, you know, foster me into, you know, making myself better. So this is my giving back is that when agents come to me and ask me questions or if I have other, you know, male or female agents that come and say, well, how did you do it? Here's what I do, mm, you know what I mean? Right. And they can make their own tweaks and whatever, but it's, you know, an opportunity for me to give back to them too, to say, you know what, you're not alone in this and make sure that you stay, you know, connected because that's the best way. Right, to right. Right, I'll success. tell you what, what, one of the things that you said that um, really just, I'm like, wow, this is so true. Goal setting, some people just think it's a process you go through and you write some things down mm -hmm. and you kind of think about your future or whatever. But really, um, a goal, goal setting is part of a planning process. Mm -hmm. And the planning process is much more than the act of goal setting. It's like you said, you look, uh, if I make these goals and throughout the year I'm following some kind of a plan, that requires that I stop sometimes and say which part of the plan is working and which part is not, and let's do more of the stuff that's working and less of the stuff that's not working. So it's a much bigger picture than just, I wanna close 24 homes this year. Right, and if you embrace the idea of goal setting as this part of a much bigger way of living your life with intention and with focus and with going back to the, the data, right? Going back to the data and saying, what does this mean? What does it mean? What should I be doing with it? That's powerful. You know, I don't think I've ever really thought about it in that way. You just brought that up to me, so thank you for that. Tell us about your goal setting. Um, well, I come from an engineering background, so which I think is so crazy. So I know you said you are the typical engineer. So I'm just gonna stop. She tells me. I said, engineer. That doesn't fit her at all. She's funny and she's not an engineer. And she's like, well, I speak both languages. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I so great. I do. But yeah. So for me, the goal is just you know the starting point. Obviously, I want to know what I need to do, I need. To, I want to know when I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I, I've gotten better over the years at doing all the time blocking and all that kind of stuff that goes in to, you know what they say, the, the goal without a plan is just a wish, right? right? So, so that I don't have just wishes, I actually can accomplish things. Mm -hmm. and, and I really, um, I took the, uh, there was a little seminar here on the 12 week year, the, the idea of just Actually, thinking of it in terms of a quarter is a year. Like that's it. One quarter. Just focus on the oh. one quarter, and that was really helpful. This last year, I think that helped me a lot in growing my business. And the other um, thing that I've learned is to really commit to those goals, because it's easy to take your little yellow notepad and write it all down and think, "Oh, it'd be nice," but you're not really committed to those goals until you you take those steps to you know say, "I'm gonna." I'm not going to do this in order to make this work, in order to make this uh, an accomplishment for me. And so this year, I, I really, um, I said I'm going to have 10 goals this year. Yeah. Only 10, which meant I could write everything on a, on a list and then I had to prioritize which 10 things I want to do this year. And now I'm highly committed to those because everything else got pushed aside so I could do those 10 things. Mm -hmm. So that was a really good process this year to do that. You guys both got me thinking um, about the next topic we're gonna talk about, 
that has to do with goal setting, which is accountability, right? Because both of you are very passionate about accountability. I am too. And it's made me think about um, yesterday, for example, um, we have some really big goals all the time. We just do. As a company, we have big initiatives. We just are passionate about the next fun thing or the next helpful thing. But we never, my husband and I are accountability partners for sure. But if we have a great big idea, we never just work on it together. We bring all kinds of people in on the plan and not only give them part of it to accomplish with us, but that um, it adds accountability. Because if I don't want to fail, then I've just publicly declared whatever we publicly declared. I've given a part of it to other people. We don't want to let each other down. And so the power of accountability has had a huge impact in my life, of course, and it has in yours as well. So it looks a little different for each of you. So talk a little bit about your accountability partners. Um, well, much like you, I have my husband who is my first and foremost accountability partner. Um, he's the one that you know asks me every day, every day before he leaves for work. What are you doing today? Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. So and you know it's 4:30 in the morning and I'm like, you know, one eye barely open, so I'm telling him what I'm doing, or or it's right before we go to bed. So he's my first and foremost. But I do have a couple of different agents in my brokerage who keep me on track. You know what I mean? And we do that for each other mm -hmm. because, like you said, when you publicly announce it or you announce it to somebody else, they're going to be like, so how's that going for you? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be embarrassed and say, uh, well, I have been slacking. You know, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So um, this past year, I actually served as the president of the Women's Council, uh, Scottsdale Network, and talk about accountability. There's a, I had some amazing women behind me, and they all kept me accountable for you know, not only being in charge of our members, but in charge of our board, and that was a great experience. And a lot of those women keep me accountable now, and I love that because it's it it makes you feel more of a community, and so it makes you feel better because then when you can go back to them and say, "I did it," mm -hmm. you know, we got it done, and you know, it's kind of a nice little celebration that you can do together. So my husband says to to um, anybody he's talking to about this says, um, when you go home at night, you should say, you should publicly declare to your family, this is what I did today to support our family. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what are you going to say? Are you going to say, well, today, guys, hey, kids, gather around. I sat on Facebook all day, and I drank three cups of coffee, and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. you've got to have that, you've got to have enough care about what you're trying to accomplish or what you're doing in your life to have that accountability, be vulnerable, put yourself out there, and if you are falling short, get in somebody's face and say, I'm falling short, I need you to come alongside me and, and push me. And if they're not pushing you, if they're letting you get away with it, oh, it's, all, it's okay, Jessica, it's okay. You deserved a day off today, so it's all right. Nope, get rid of them, they're not a good accountability partner. Yeah, tell us about yours. I have three accountability partners. Uh, the first is my lender buddy, Shane Hollenbach. I've known him for about eight years, and we're friends, and we started this about two years ago, where we meet once a week, and we are accountability partners. And it starts off great, and you're, you have your list, did you do your stuff, did you do your stuff, and then it starts seeing like, oh, you know, I, I did this on the weekend, and stuff like that, we start getting too social. So we've had to really rope it in, and say, no, 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 we can have that, but we, we really need to help each other grow our businesses. And um, so that's a really good relationship. My second is a real estate coach that I've known for about, I think, maybe four, I, I think it's at least four, but possibly five years. 
she moved to San Diego and she has a coaching business and she's, you know, does team leader and that kind of stuff, but she wanted an accountability partner for herself. So we started having a phone conference once a week. And uh, she's a she, she she's a woodcracker, you know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> she's like, where's your four one one? I thought you were gonna say ask So she keeps me on track, and and we do sometimes. You know, the thing about it is sometimes it's not a business week. Sometimes it's a personal week. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to help each other through a personal goal or something that we're working through. So that's been a very powerful partnership. And then my third is a friend I've had for thirty plus years. Like I've known her forever. She um, retired. She's a stage four cancer. Mm -hmm. So we've gone through a lot of stuff together. And we meet once a week, we go hike, and we have breakfast, and, and we talk about life. And so she's she'll keep me with the business as well. Uh, she's a retired colonel, so she's also kind of, you know, and so, but, um, but I, I found that that's huge to have some personal mm -hmm. accountability. Yeah. And, and I think I talked to you about this too. All three of them, you know, they think more of me than I do of myself. So they push me. They're like that. You, wow, that's that goal good. Yeah. is not a good. You need to up that. You can do better. Yeah, you need yep. to. You need to set that bar a little bit higher. I I totally agree with you that goal setting is it cannot you can be so narrow minded that it's just I want to lose weight or I want to uh, make so much so much money or whatever that is. You have to think in terms of the type of person you're becoming, the type of person you want to be. And my husband does such a great job of keeping me on track as growing as a person as well. That takes some thought and that takes some, um, some intention. That's just as important as anything else, if not more important. I think it could be more important. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Um, so let's do fun facts. Fun facts with Kristen LeVanway. <laughs> so she's an engineer, so it makes a lot of sense that she's also a stand-up comedian. <laughs> Total sense, right? Yeah, yeah. obviously. Well, because it's not rocket science. Put on fall. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not kidding. She actually does stand up comedy, yes. and I just think that's so. It's super fun, but it's super fun. I think that's even more fun of how you even got into that. Oh. Um, how I got into it, one of my main marketing strategies is I do videos, tons of cheesy videos. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy doing them, and, and so I decided to, to stretch it out and try and learn how to make films. So I made about 10 films, short films, one feature I haven't quite finished yet. Um, but I worked the scripts, and I went through that process, and it was quite fun. And so I had an idea for a script about a person such as myself who became a comedian to overcome personal stuff. And so some friends were comedians. I said, oh, I want to kind of like watch you and see how that works. And then I thought, well, I probably should try it so I can really learn about it. <laughs> I think this is and so then, great. So it was my birthday like two years ago. And my friend had this little show that he did at a pizza restaurant. And so I went and did my set. And I was like, oh, that's super fun. So I forgot about the film. I don't do films anymore. I'm like, I'm doing stand-up comedy. It's so much more fun. So it's a good time. Isn't she interesting? Isn't that crazy? Let's see. In the span of a few minutes, she has um, friends who are a colonel, uh, a ass-kicking coach, uh, comedians, 
engineers. You have a very well-rounded sphere of people. It's awesome. Because you love people and people love you. So it's a good attraction. Uh, are you the one who told me that you were the reader? I am. And you read like Stephen King. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love true crime, first yeah. and foremost, because I... Uh, you have to tell people what true crime is. Okay, so, well, true crime, so like learning about like real life serial killers, you know, uh, real life <laughs> monsters, things like that. So I love true crime. Um, but say I, what you wanted to be when you were a kid. I wanted, to be, I wanted to be an FBI profiler. So there was a show back in the day, and I don't want it to date me, but there was a show called Profiler, and I wanted to be one when I was younger, when I was in high school and stuff. And because I love, I love watching like, shows like Criminal Minds, Law and & Order, and because I love to try and figure out who it is before they can. So. Do you like to play the game Clue? I was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was really, really good. And there's a CSI game too, which... Um, is there really? It's, yeah. They're, okay. They're, All right. So, um, but yeah, I, I love um, I love scary stories. I love to, you know, that, um, I don't know, it just takes you away. And Stephen King is really good about having stories within stories. Mm -hmm, for and sure. Anybody who's read him knows that he's got all these small little stories in this big story. So I love that too. So, yeah. I just, I love this show. This is why I love this show for so, so many reasons. But you meet somebody and you, you and then all the things you get to know, know. <laughs> it's, that's so fun. You know, um, I, you should never look at somebody and think for one second that they're um, not multi-dimensional. You know, dimensional. It's so, and it's so cool to get to know you guys and to hear the interesting yeah, facts about your life. Know. It's so much fun. Stand I don't care if you're not enjoying yourself. I am. I actually have an all-female comedian show. It's it, My friend had a club and we went into there and the club closed, so we moved it to this great venue in downtown Mesa. So um, our first show in this new venue, Jared's Coffee Team Gallery, is the 29th of November. And it's no cover. And it's uh, it, there's some funny gals. Would you do it here? Um, or do you need show? like a certain like a certain? Uh, I could I could probably put a show together. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is my first time I booked a show. She thinks you mean on here. No, like there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> yeah, no, my daughter is making appointments. Um, okay, so the last thing I want to talk about is because both of you have the experience. I know you're married now, but you have the experience of being a single mother. And you've, and you've both expressed to me in different ways um, about uh, raising them independently and things of that nature. But also, one of you said, I want to I leave a legacy for my children. Is that you? Talk to me about that a little bit. So, and when I say legacy, I don't mean financially. I mean, like, teaching my kids that, because um, one of the things that they got to see and learn about was that family was a huge support during our downtime. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, living with my grandparents, they got to see how my grandparents were married for over 50 years. And so they got to see that love and that caring. They got to see my grandmother who is, has a servant's heart or, you know, beyond her, you know, short five, one frame. And so that's the kind of legacy I want to leave. I want them to know that family is always there. They should always be part and giving to their family, not only to us, but giving out in the world, giving back. Mm -hmm. And so that's the kind of legacy I wanted to leave. I want them to know that no matter what, family is behind them. Um, and they might, and like you said, at every point, at some point in everybody's life, you're going to hit bottom. Mm -hmm. There's, it's just, it just happens. And just knowing that there's people behind them 
and the family that's there to support them, and that's the kind of legacy I want to leave. I just want them to know that we're always there and to always give back. Well, far, and far more important than just money, obviously, that mm -hmm. legacy. But the thing that I was just thinking about is, is in teaching our children that in those times of need, in the times of darkness, you can't be embarrassed by your situation. Right. Or so, um, it's actually quite selfish. If you, if someone that you love is going through something very hard, and they choose to hide it from you, it's, it's like, it's selfish because we love these people and we want to surround them. And and uh, and it's and everybody has failures. And I just think there's too many people who, when things are really hard or when things are, they just decide I'm not going to show any of that because I want the outside world to see whatever I want them to see, and it's it's not it's not fair for the person who's going through it, and it's not fair for the people who love them, right? Right. And I love that you brought your children into the hard times. Neither of you told me. I just pretended like it wasn't happening. I did. I, I didn't let my my family know. I just really made it seem like everything was normal. That's not fair, right? And you are. I'm surely closer because of it, right? Very much. Oh my gosh, that that touches me. I think that's a message that people need to hear, um, especially if you're the person going through struggles. It's not embarrassing to have struggles. It's not. That's the other thing I love about the show is the transparency of you people. You guys are wonderful to say, hey, this is what I struggle with and this is what happened to me. Um, and that's, that's important to let other people know so that if you think that you're going to do it all by yourself, that's just, it's not right. Let people love on you, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, get through. Yeah, you guys are so great. Is there anything else you wanted to say or express or advice you'd like to give? our audience about anything, about goal setting, about parenting, anything you want. I want to say this, <clears throat> especially if you're a single mom or it's really hard, um, because I felt a lot of guilt. My kids, you know, when I was married, they, they had a lot more things than when we were single. They, we really, you know, had a very, we were, we were poor. And I felt like they missed out on a lot of things. And I felt bad, you know, because you're a mom, you want everything to be great. And so I, I went and, and individually I kind of apologized to my kids. You know, I'm so sorry it was so hard. And every single one of them said, first of all, thank you for being a great mom. Like, we're, you're the Aww. best mom of all the moms. And they don't remember the bad stuff. Mm -hmm. They only remember the good stuff. They remember maybe that it was a little bit hard and stuff, but they remember the good stuff. And so I, I, that was really profound to me. You know? It was just <laughs> yeah. in your heart. Yeah, yeah. It, it made me feel really good. And I think that you just you forget that kids watch you and they love you and they think you're, you know, the best. Yeah. And, and so that if it's hard, don't stress about that. Just, yeah, just. Uh, That's good. I like that. I think um, for me, it's. Uh, about finding community. So whether it's in your, you know, like in industry here, you know, with real estate, you know, I found my community with Women's Council and all of that support and love, you know, and outside of that I have my family. But you have, you need to find your, you know, a lot of people call it your tribe because that'll guide you through mm -hmm. the tough times, you know, and whether your tribe is your family during, you know, financial struggles or during, you know, if you're struggling with work or struggling with, um, you know, real estate, Find your tribe, whether it's at your brokerage or your other real estate friends or 
just find a community mm -hmm. and stick with that and give back and let him give to you. Because that's the hardest thing I think, and maybe you can attest to this, is sometimes is allowing that to come in. Right. To, to accept that help and mm -hmm. accept that, um, you know, you can't do it all by yourself. Right. So, and I think a lot of times we're really, it's easier to give help it's very hard yeah. to accept help. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, uh, Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another, right? Yeah. Not as iron sharpens iron, I'm only going to sharpen you, right? Right. You sharpen <laughs> each other. Mm -hmm. And it's so great. I'll say one last thing before we go. When you allow someone into your struggle and you accept that, the sweet times are even sweeter. The celebrations are even happier because you've allowed somebody to see that part of you so that when it's happy times, good times, whatever, it's it's just so much more instead of people thinking everything's all right all the time, right? Exactly. You guys have been wonderful, you've blessed me. Um, I wanna thank again, Diane Gertis <clears throat> and April Chadwick for, um, from the Mortgage, Mortgage Advantage for being our sponsor. If you love moms in real estate, you should tell other moms in real estate so that they can also um, take part in this. We have shopmomsinrealestate.com if you like cute stuff, because we have very cute shirts and stuff if you want to show it off. And um, you know anybody who would be a great guest for the show, in state or out of state, we can figure that out. Um, please email kc at momsinrealestatelive.com. All right, thank you guys for watching. Have a wonderful week.